Hey, this is Caleb Cole, pastor of Project Church in Sacramento. And man, I am so excited for you to hear this word. I believe God is going to encourage you, strengthen you, and challenge you through it. So get ready to receive from God today. Morning, Project Church. Actually, it's now afternoon. Man, way to go. Way to be in church on Labor Day weekend. Y'all love Jesus. So good to see you. Uh, my name is Caleb. I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, man, really excited to introduce our guest speaker today. But before I do that, I uh, just want to give you some heads up on what's coming up. So next week, we're going to take a little break for four weeks from our Marked by Jesus series. If you didn't know, if you're new here, we've been walking through the book of Mark since January. It's going to take us two years to get through entire, the entire book of Mark. But we're taking a break here and there. And so starting next week, we're taking a break and we're starting an all-new series called The Elephant Room. Now, here's what we're doing in The Elephant Room. We're going to hit on the hot button topics uh, in the church, outside of the church of today. So four weeks, four topics, big questions. We're going to get big answers from God's word, but we're going to do it with big compassion. Because uh, in this day and age, I think that we as the church are called to be counterculture. But sometimes in doing that in the church, we do it with a judgmental or holier-than-thou mindset. And so what we want to be is is counterculture, but with a heart of compassion and love. And so I want to encourage you, come out next week, the, the next four weeks, bring somebody with you. It's going to be an incredible series. You're not going to want to miss it, um, but we're really excited. So I get to introduce our guest speaker today. Uh, he is a good friend of mine. His name is Jared McCachran. His wife, Candace, was up here leading worship with us this morning. And uh, Jared and I actually were in the, f the same first grade class together in, in Lodi, California. Um, so we should have had the picture up here, Jared, um, but we didn't. In those days, he was taller than me. Um, but, but Jared is the Sacramento Regional Director, a greater Sacramento region for Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And he's going to tell you real quick about them. But Fellowship of Christian Athletes is a campus club that's doing amazing work with student athletes. And, uh, and then these individuals who are influential are influencing their peers for Jesus and uh, amazing what they're doing amazing what they've been seeing doing or what we've we've been seeing God do on the campuses all across the region but I just want to tell you Jared carries something him and Candace carry something that we need here at Project Church and uh, they released a prophetic word over us this morning uh, in the 930 he's going to do it again I believe in the 1130 but this is a word for all of us I want you to raise your expectation level Jared is the same off the stage as he is on, he just told me a story uh, while we were sitting there about how he went to get coffee at Pete's this morning and the guy bought his coffee and so then he said, can I pray for you? And he said, it was a man in a walker and the, the spirit of God, the presence of God just fell as he was praying for that man. That was this morning. That's the, the life this man walks. And he's been an encouragement to me. Um, he's going to be an encouragement to you today. And so I need you to give it up. A big old Project Church welcome for my friend, Jared McCachron. Come on, make some noise. Thank you. Tippy toe. Got it. Man, come on. Yes, the Lord blessed me with um, a measure of anointing, but not height, so I'll take it. Um, my, uh, my family, you'll see a picture of them real quick here on the screen. There's my children and my be beautiful wife, Candace. There's Noah, Judah, Levi, Ava, and Tesserae in my arms. They're actually here live right here in the front row. Give them a hand. You can get five kids to church. You just saw a miracle. 
my oldest son Noah's 12, about to be 13 next week, and went into my closet the other day and grabbed a pair of my shoes. I'm like, boy, what you doing? And he's like, let me see. And he puts them on. I'm like, you can't be wearing my shoes. And he goes, let me see. We did a little foot-to-foot thing, same size foot. And I'm like... Father, bless him, Lord, with an increase, Lord. Let them shoot like the cedars of Lebanon, Lord. Let them be tall like giants in the land. Because if it skipped me, let it get to my children. That's okay, all right? Me and my wife, just short. We just love each other. We're perfect size, compact, compact for the kingdom. All right. Uh, (laughs) Come on, laugh a little bit. It's good. It's good medicine for your bones, the Bible says. If you're sitting next to somebody that's grimacing, come on, pinch them or something, all right, in the name of the Lord. Uh, Real quick, I want to, so part A, uh, a word I gave your pastors um, in the last service was about just expansion and what God was going to do. And that expansion word, wow, I got quiet. Everybody's like honing in. This is good. We've got a good church here. They want the word of the Lord. And it was about expansion, a scripture in Isaiah But it was also, too, about a maturing process as well, so that as a tree begins to grow, you know, the roots go down deep in order to sustain the weight and the heaviness of the branches. And the Lord was saying he's going to start extending and growing the base of the tree so that it can produce larger fruit and that there was going to be a season of growth because if your roots stay shallow, anytime adversity comes, you're not going to be without with a be able to withstand the pressure that comes with it. But the Lord is saying that he's going to put your roots down deep. You're going to find that. So that's part A. I got part B for you. Are you ready for part B, church? So part B, Caleb, I saw you, and I think it's um, interesting that we are in a building season, but I saw you wearing a hard hat, and you didn't know, but you were confirming every single thing I'm about to share with you as we were joking about the difference between you and your wife just during worship. Um, I saw you with a, with a hard hat and blueprints about how God was going to lead this church, but your wife had a, had a giant key given to her by God, and that key was timing. And every time you looked at the blueprints, every time you studied it, your wife was there to interpret and to let you know when it was the time to do it. And that God has given you guys incredible influence in this city. And God is going to give you guys both the opportunity to see things that many people have been praying for. And it's because of your faithfulness. But it is. It's because you are wired a certain way, Caleb, and she's wired. And and it is truly, you complement one another. Will you, will you just stretch your hands towards them really quick? Father, we just bless them in Jesus' name. We thank you, God, for what Caleb carries. God, we thank you that, Lord, he sees the plan. He knows the detailed list of action, God. He, he as he mentioned to me, I'm the timekeeper. I'm always trying to keep everything in order. So, Father, we bless him because we need that. Lord, this church needs that at the helm. Father, we thank you for Chrissy who is a compliment to Caleb, Lord, who comes alongside, Lord, who strengthens Caleb, Lord, who also, God, has the prophetic word of the Lord and carries the anointing, God, to see when it is the right timing to release something, when it's the right timing to step into something, when it's the right timing to go to three or four services. She is gonna know, Lord. So, Father, I thank you for the two of them working side by side, Lord, that what Caleb will look 
and he'll see something that doesn't quite make sense, but Chrissy will go, no, this is when we're supposed to do this, and this is what the Lord's saying. So, Father, we bless them now in Jesus' name, and we say, be who you are, because that's who you were, who, who you were called to be for this time and this season. In Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand. That's cool. I just want to say hi to Riley Miller right there. Wave Riley Miller. She is one of my former youth students and married to her husband here. They're like adults now and doing the adult thing. Riley, I, I remember uh, when God really touched your life in sixth grade. Wow, I am old. Um, yeah, when I was first started youth ministry, um, Riley was that, was that strong, encouraging, just solid young person in the midst of just wild, chaotic junior hires. And you, uh, you were very faithful uh, to always, you know, you were the, the thermostat in the room. The, the temperature of the room was always one of just KZ rambunctious you know, 10 to 12-year-olds, but then Riley was that person that would lift her hands during worship and give other kids permission to worship. You were the one that just stood the test of time, and just, I'm so proud of you. It's so awesome, you know. Sometimes people have to go out and sow their wild oats and try to find their identity, but I'm so proud of you, Riley, for who you are and the woman of God you became. Husband, man, you, you picked a winner right there, okay? All right, so just clap so we can transition from that. Thank you. Isn't that what we're supposed to do? I was like, how do I fix this? I don't know. I'm just going to transition. All right, so let's go into the word of God. We're going to read Mark 4, 26 through 34 together. It'll be on the screen. If you didn't bring a Bible, it's all good. And he said, the kingdom of God is, is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself first the blade then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. Come on, let's just let that be a prophetic word that as Jesus declared in John chapter four, that do not wait for months down the road. The harvest is ripe. Let's just believe that God is getting ready to swing the sickle and we're gonna be a part of one of the greatest harvests in human history. Do you believe that? Do you believe that you are gonna start seeing people come to Christ that have rejected him for years and years and years? That we could be in a season of, of where everything is ripe, everything's fully mature. It's not the time to wait. It's not the time to procrastinate to, this is the season of the harvest. And maybe that's why you're here today. Maybe you came because a friend invited you, you came off the street, you hadn't been in church for years. Let me tell you, it's not an accident that you're here. Today is the day of harvest. Today is the day of salvation. And we are not gonna let the enemy rob you of this moment. Because the enemy's favorite word is tomorrow. But God's favorite word is today. Today is the day of salvation. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand and believe that that's the season that we're in. And the second parable is this, what, with what can we compare the kingdom of God or what parable shall we use for it? It is like a grain of mustard seed. Anybody hear the mustard seed faith before? Where are my VBS people at? Vacation Bible school, all right. Like, they're like, it's us. It is like a grain of mustard seed with, uh, which when sown on the ground is the smallest of all seeds on earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all garden 
the garden plants and puts out large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. With many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. He did not speak to them without a parable, but privately to his own disciples, uh, to his own disciples, he explained everything. Can we pray? Father, we thank you for what you are doing. Lord, already the anticipation and expectation in everyone's heart, Lord, I believe, God, they are here because they want more. They are ready for a move of God. Lord, not just corporately, Lord, but individually. So, Father, I pray that this word today, God, would go in seed form. God, it would, it would bury deep in their hearts, Lord, and it would produce a harvest as well, Lord. Lord, today may be the day of salvation for some. Today may be the day of an awakening for others, God. Lord, that we were once walking with you, and then, Lord, we drifted away from from our first love, but Lord, today could be a day where we have a spiritual awakening again. God, maybe today's word will be seed form for us to embrace a life of faith, a life of faith that's so potent, that's so concentrated, that if we just, if we just take our lives and instead of fitting Jesus in a, in, a, in a compartment of our lives, Lord, he becomes the center of everything. And we do as the disciples did. When he calls us, we leave everything behind. Lord, maybe that's what today's message will be for some, but for whatever it is for anyone else in this room, God, we just thank you that your Holy Spirit is going to breathe life and speak to all of us individually, Lord. The words that come out of my mouth, Lord, let them be words, God, that bring people closer to you, I pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. 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 Man, I am thirsty. Whoo. Water is so good. It's crystal geyser. It's made from mountain spring somewhere in like Canada or something like that. I'm not sure. Um, my favorite water by far is Dasani. Dasani is so good. But anybody has arrowhead water, like I won't even drink it. It tastes like it's chlorinated or something like that. So I don't know. Whoever had that on their mind, it's a confirmation. Switch to Dasani. All right. So you have... An opportunity this morning, as Jesus has given us two parables. I love when Jesus talks. He always he always gave us uh, things to really mull on and and uh, think about. And I love that these parables are all about seed, all about seed form and how seeds can actually really change something. Do you know when you became a believer, you started carrying seed? You actually have a testimony. You have the word of God, and you can start sharing that everywhere you go. So that's not just on Sunday, but it's on Monday. It's on Tuesday that you can share what God has done in your life. How many of you in here have a testimony of God's keeping and delivering and saving power? Raise your hand, okay? See all these people raising their hands around the room. They're all carrying seed. They all have a story about what God has done in their life. They have a story before they met God, how they met God, and what life is like after they met God. And all of that requires faith. This mustard seed faith, Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew talks about how in certain situations we needed faith to be able to do or move mountains and, the, and that it's just a mustard size speck of faith. Like the mustard seed is incredibly small, but if we embrace a life of faith, everything will change around us. Have you ever been around a person of faith before? Ever been around that person that's just got fire in their eyes and nothing else can move them? You ever been around that? Maybe sometimes it's like, that's why I love prayer meetings, okay? This church is going into a 21-day uh, prayer 
meeting. And let me encourage you, if you haven't joined, I would encourage you to join the prayer meeting. That is the heartbeat and pulse of the church. That's where you're gonna see incredible breakthrough happen. Like Sunday mornings are great and all the other opportunities, but go to the prayer meeting. Let me tell you, that is my favorite meeting of the week. I might sneak in, Caleb and Chrissy. I might just come, be a part of it. If my wife will let me out of the house, just kidding. She always lets me out of the house. That was to- that was not even fair. You always let me out of the house, okay? And so, but, you know, I used to sneak into the prayer meeting all the time when I was youth pastoring back in the days of Riley Miller over here. And uh, I would always go to the prayer meeting with all the old ladies. You ever been like the old lady intercessor prayer meeting before? Oh, yeah, they know how to get down. Do I have any old praying mamas in the house in here? All right, we need some more. Let's go. All right, so like even if you're like in 30s, to my children, you're old, okay? So do we have any old praying ladies in the house? There we go. Come on. So I remember when I thought my brother was old at 30, I was like, oh, Lord, Jesus, forgive me. I repent. And so I remember I'd go into this prayer meeting, and these ladies, I would, I would walk in. I'm like, I'm, I don't know what to do. I've got all this stuff. And I would just lay it on them. But they would have like this fire and zeal in their eyes and confidence of who God was in their life. Because they had this track record that they could look behind them and see the faithfulness of God every step of the way. And so I would go in that prayer meeting. They would sit me down, pour five different kinds of oil from every part of, a, every part of Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. I'd come out smelling like essential oil, like salesmen, walking in the office. Everybody's like, where have you been for the last two hours? My hair's all, I was like, man, I was in the prayer meeting. I was like, man, we canceled the assignment over Africa and Zimbabwe. Man, we released angels. And like, I don't even know where I'm at. I was in the third heaven. It was great to be there. So go to the prayer meeting. That's a little plug. I can tell you that God shifts some things, not just over our city, but shifts some things in your heart. And that's the best place to be. I love this story because in the parable about a man who goes out and sows seed, he doesn't even know how it's working, but that seed goes in the ground and it ends up producing a harvest. And he's like, how did all this happen? Has anybody ever been witnessed to before? Like someone has shared their faith with you before? Raise your hand. Have you ever been like somewhere and someone started to tell you about Jesus? Maybe that's why you're here today. It's because someone shared Jesus with you. Someone shared that there's another life that you can live, that there's another kingdom out there than the kingdom of this world, that there's something better than just the American dream, right? That the American dream is, you know, you, you buy a house, you get married, raise some kids, get a boat, get a truck, get some toys, have vacations, and like that is supposed to fulfill every part of your heart. But how many of you in this room know that that is not true? That God who created you and formed you and shaped you put something inside of you that only he can fill. So when we go to the empty wells of this world, those things will never never satisfy us. But it's the seed of someone sharing or someone preaching or you seeing something on TV or you opening your Bible one day. It's the seed of God, God's word or his people being sown into your life that starts to grow, that starts to transform, that starts to, I, I remember my own father. I wouldn't be here if seven people didn't share the gospel with my dad. He rejected seven people before he gave his life to Christ. He rejected them. He said they were crazy. They said, he said, take your Jesus stuff and go smoke it somewhere else. I don't want to buy it. I don't want anything to do with it. These people are crazy. Why do they keep telling me? Why are they smiling all the time? I think they're really smoking something. You know, this is my dad. My dad was just running from God. But at a service like this, 
It was this brother who said, maybe today will be the day of salvation. Maybe today will be the day that Jeff McCachran surrenders all. And he knelt down at an altar just like this and gave his life to Jesus Christ and changed the direction of our entire family. Maybe that'll be your story today. Maybe you invited somebody today. I'm not sure, but let me tell you, I remember to be, remember that you always carry seed. When you became a believer, there's seed filling your pockets. It's not just the pastor's job to preach or share the testimony. It's your job too. Jesus called all of us into the world to go preach this good news of the gospel. Like that's all of our jobs and mandate as believers. That's exciting because we get to watch miracles happen. We get to watch people get saved, move from darkness into the glorious light. I remember one time I was had the summer internship for our students, Riley, you're a part of that. You're so cool, Riley. You get to be a part of everything in my message. And so I remember I was at the summer internship, and we go into this grocery store. We had all these students with us, and they were just like, they were so on fire. Like this internship was like a greenhouse for growing young people to serve the Lord. We would spend hours just worshiping God in his presence. Then we'd spend time teaching the Bible. Then we would send them out and we would go into our like grocery stores, parking lots, wherever, our, our, uh, wherever the Lord would lead us. And we would just start praying for people and see God do incredible things. I remember I walked in this grocery store. And I'm walking by this milk aisle, and I see somebody, like, on the other side of the milk thing, you know, the behind-the-scenes sliding milk back. And I'm like, I think I'm supposed to pray for that guy. So I kind of kneel down. Hey, excuse me, sir. Hello. Hey, I just, God has a plan for your life. I want to pray for you. And the guy's like, what? And, you know, he comes out, walks all the way around, comes out and goes, Okay. I'm ready to get saved. Let's pray, buddy. Come on. You're the third person this week. And I was like, wow. That, like, I need to start an evangelism campaign. Go into the milk aisle. This is the new way. You know, Look for people around milk. It's something. Because the Bible talks about milk and honey. I don't know, but the milk thing. And I was just had all this stuff. And I'm walking out. And I just realized that the Lord started to speak to me and he says, Jared, just think about like you just saw the harvest. This man's life was just changed and transformed. He was born again into the kingdom. But think about the other three people he rejected. How are they feeling right now? And I thought, man, Lord, I didn't even think about that. And I said, I wonder how many people stopped sowing seed because they got rejected one time. I tried that evangelism thing, Pastor. I tried to share my faith with my coworker, and they made fun of me. I tried to take a stand for my faith in front of all my peers or at my family gathering, and they all laughed at me. I wonder, but can I tell you, you could be on the very verge of seeing an amazing breakthrough in someone's life if you continue to sow seed and not give up. See, that's our responsibility as believers. It's his responsibility to grow it. God, God's gonna grow it. He's gonna get it all ripe and ready. It's our responsibility to sow the seed, to keep sharing our faith, to keep being a witness, to keep shining the light of Jesus Christ, to let the world know the American dream is a lie. That Jesus has the ultimate plan. And if we surrender all to him, he'll change and transform us for the rest of eternity. Do you believe that? Come on. Do you really believe that? That's what we have been called to do. Jesus goes on after the first parable and shares a second parable and begins to tell us about this mustard seed. About how it's 
the smallest seed but grows this large plant. Isn't that amazing? Because that's what faith is like. Faith is concentrated. It's so potent and powerful that just a little bit of faith can change and transform an entire region that because the mustard plant and the tree begins to grow, it allows birds to provide shade and covering. That's what happens in your life when you embrace a life of faith. Other people come around you. They find comfort because of your life and how it's growing. The mustard seed type faith allows us to start seeing that it's not just about us, but it's about everybody around us. See, I don't know who's been praying in this room right now, but about two months ago, I was on my phone like I, oh, I'm always on my phone, and I was posting. I give updates about my life literally every hour. People want to know what kind of coffee I drink, what kind, of, what kind of music I'm listening to in the morning, what my devotional was, what my kids look like before and after they get out of bed, and all these things, and I'm doing all this stuff, and the Holy Spirit speaks to me. He says, Jared, this has become a distraction in your life. Right then, I had to make a decision. But God, I'm with FCA, and so this is how I connect with my donors. And they're the ones that fund me, and so I can actually have a paycheck. So God, if I don't post everything about FCA, what's this going to look like? And I had all of these reasons why I shouldn't be doing, why I need Instagram, why I need Facebook, why I need Twitter. I need all these things. And the Holy Spirit's like, again, this has become a distraction in your life. And so I had to make a decision. So I hit delete, delete, delete. And in the next two days, I realized I had become addicted to the approval and affirmation of others instead of being addicted to what he says and his voice. And so day three, he says, Jared, the reason I need your attention, it's not just for you, but it's for the community around you. And he says, I'm gonna start doing things and showing you things. And it's not just message. It's not just for our relationship, Jared. It's for theirs as well. And I believe that that's why I'm here today. I believe I got a word from the Lord for you because God wants something. He wants all of your heart. And then when you're around somebody that carries faith, it's incredibly infectious. Like you could actually change the message that I'm preaching by just your desperation right now, by just your expectation in the room. You could have came in here and saying, I don't know if I'm going to make it out. But if you keep preaching the way you are, you want something. You need something and you can change it. I remember I was in a worship service at Harvest. I brought one of my friends this guy, he used to, I used to be in construction before I got in ministry, and he would pray every time I showed up to the job site. He's, he would grab my hands and start praying. He's like, this has nothing to do with the house you're building for me. This has everything to do with the call of God on your life, son. And he would pray for me. I'd cry, and I'd be like, what am I even doing? And a year later, I'm in full-time ministry, and I invite this guy to my church, and he's facing an incredible crisis in his life. And I remember... In our church when I, where I grew up, you know, we did two fasts, one slow. Then the pastor would get up, do a worship transition, and then they would do the, you know, scripture. And then we would shake a hand, turn around, welcome our guests. Those were the rules. And Jason, my friend, didn't know the rules. And so the pastor gets up. He's doing his transition. Everybody's quiet. Everybody's listening. And then all of a sudden Jason starts clapping. And he wasn't done worshiping. And he just says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Bless his holy name who forgives all of my sins and heals all of my diseases. God, I need you, Lord. I want you, Lord. I need a touch from you, Lord. Do not, do not let my prayer and my worship fall on deaf ears. And he begins to worship God and cry out. And all of a sudden, 
the pastor that had the microphone, you know, he couldn't help but to hear, but it shifted something. That man's faith shifted something with the lady next to him and the whole rows, like three or four rows, began to lift their hands. They begin to clap. And before you know it, the pastor's on the stage just looking and hearing. And he goes, all right, church, well, let's just continue to worship the Lord again. And for the next five to ten minutes, we spontaneously worship the Lord because of one man who was walking by faith, who had a heart that wanted nothing but God. Maybe that's what God's calling you to do in this season. To be so desperate for him. To embrace this life of faith. To continue to carry seed and continue to believe what God's calling you to do in this next season. And let me tell you something. It is not just for you. It's not an accident you were here. God has a tremendous amount of influence on your life. And he wants you to use that influence for his kingdom. Could I have the worship team come on up? I just want to pray over you guys really quick. And I just really believe that that it is awesome to be with you. This is one of my favorite churches in the world. And when I was going through the last couple of, of months, the Lord showed me a picture in my mind. He says, Jared, there's two tables that you can sit at. Every day, there's the table of distraction or there's the table of destiny. And he says, you can come and sit with me, Jared, and I'm gonna show you things. There's a scripture in John chapter, in Revelation chapter four, and it's, Jesus is saying, John, come up here. I'm going to show you things, what must take place. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, call me and answer you. I will answer you. I'm going to show you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. See, there's a part of this relationship with the Lord and embracing this life of faith that's crazy. It's risky. It's out of the box comfortable. It requires us to, to leave sometimes our humanistic thinking of what, what, reason, what is reasonable behind, and we have to embrace a life of faith. Faith is always spelled R-I-S-K. It means that sometimes you share with your coworker after you've been rejected three or four times because you don't know maybe the fifth time is when that seed comes to full maturity and they give their life to the Lord. You never know what's gonna happen if you continue to walk this road and embrace a life of faith. It's crazy, it's uncomfortable, it never fits in your calendar appointment book. It's always, it's always crazy. I remember when I really started this journey of faith years ago, I was uh, reading a scripture, Isaiah 50, verse four, and it says, he wakens me morning by morning and opens my ears to hear like one being taught. And I said, God, open my ears. I wanna know your voice. If I'm really gonna follow you, God, and really believe this book, you're the creator of all things, that you sent your son to die for me, and then you, after he was risen from the dead, he sent the Holy Spirit to live in me, what was reserved, the presence of God behind a curtain in a temple that only the holy of holies and the priest could go and be a part of it. Now that spirit lives in me and can that spirit that raised Christ from the dead is in me, then God, I want all the benefits. I wanna know everything there is to following you. I wanna hear you. I don't wanna know thoughts and have facts about you. I wanna know you for real. And God said, I'm gonna show you then. And you know what God does? He doesn't just show us, he gives us opportunities to be obedient, to take risks when it doesn't make sense. And so I remember I was walking by this, this coffee shop early in the morning on my way. This is even before I was in ministry. I was still in construction. And I hear the Lord say, go in that coffee shop and pray for that lady. And I said, that's not the Lord, that's the devil. I'm going. 
to work out the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says physical training has some value. And uh, so then I, I'm stinky, I'm sweaty, I'm walking back to my car. And uh, again, the Holy Spirit's like, Jared, go in there and pray for that lady. I was like, nope. Ah! But then I remembered how I cried out to God. God, I'm all in. Whatever you want me to do, if I look like a fool for you, if I'm rejected for you, then I'll do it. So I walk in the coffee shop, walk up to the manager who was working. I said, uh, excuse me, ma'am, this is gonna sound really crazy, but uh, I felt like God told me to pray for you. And she said, yep, that's crazy. And I said, oh, you know, like split second, all of a sudden your thoughts go, I don't hear God. This is a, far, a false thing. I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna throw my Bible away. You have all these like crazy thoughts. God's not real. I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm a, and a failure. And all of a sudden I'm looking at her with a hundred thoughts running through my mind. And she says, with tears starting to well up in her eyes, she says, what's crazy is that I went to the doctor because I was having headaches. They finally did a scan, found out I have a tumor on the back of my brain. I had no courage to tell my husband or my children last night, but I woke up this morning and said, God, if you're real, have someone pray for me and here you are. So I cried, she cried, prayed, walked out of that room, and I heard the Lord say, Jared, I'm looking for a generation that'll just say yes to my voice. And that marked something in my life. That was one of those monumental moments, just like all the old mamas have, of times of God has been faithful in my life, has asked me to, to walk on water, has asked me to do crazy things, and I see God's faithfulness. I'm preaching 10 years later, lady walks up to me out in between services and says, hi, Jared, you remember me? And I was like, nope. And she said, I'm Stephanie. I'm the lady you prayed for at the coffee shop. And I'm like, it works, you're alive, you know? And oh, ye of little faith. And, and I said, hey, I just, just kind of get a selfie. I'm like, I share the story all the time and just to make sure I got my facts straight. She's like, yep. She's now a part of a Bible study at my mom's house. Like, how does God do that? How does God do that? He does that when we say, God, all I am is yours. I'm gonna embrace this life of faith. I don't care what it looks like. I've got seed in my pocket. And maybe I was a little discouraged and so I, I stopped sowing seed because I was rejected once. But let me tell you, church, don't stop sowing seed. Don't stop believing by faith. There's a scripture in the book of Acts. Will you stand with me? And then that sounds really good. Um, I feel more anointed when I have that little going on. Laughter's good. There's a, there's a story in the book of Acts. Bible says, you know, if you don't know the book of Acts, it's literally just the history of the church being birthed and one of the greatest revivals. It was so powerful. Miracles were happening. People were getting healed all the time. The Bible says that one, one instance, it says that just Peter's shadow would heal people. I mean, that's the kind of faith and expectancy that they had. I would read that and I'm always like, jumping on all right did that help no okay i'll lay hands pray i'll get the oil I, you know i don't know whatever it's going to take the bible says that during this mighty revival james the brother of john was just killed by herod 
Could you imagine the blow the church felt? Boom, we just lost one of our generals. And Herod saw how much it pleased the Jews, the non-believing Jews of Jesus. He said, ah, oh, let's get Peter one of the chosen ones, one of the, one of the select three, the one that he preached that sermon on the day of Pentecost and, 3, 000, and the church was birthed. Jesus called him the rock that he was gonna build his church on the little rock and all this stuff. Let's get Peter. And I was reading that. I'm like, man, God, let me just pull a time out right now. I would feel hopeless. I would feel discouraged. We just lost James. Now, now Peter's on the chopping block. God, what are we gonna do? And in one of the greatest discouragements the church ever faced, the Bible says, but the church began to eagerly pray. Do you know when, time, when, the, when the perfect time for a miracle is? Right after one of your greatest discouragements. And that church began to pray. Peter's miraculously saved from prison. An angel escorts him out. Chains are falling off. He shows up to the prayer meeting for their, they're praying for his release. And he knocks on the door and they're like, hey, uh, Peter's here. He's not here. He's in prison. No, no, he's out there. It must be his angel. You know, I'm like, angel, wait, do I have angels that look like me? That'd be really cool. I'd like to know that. And so Peter is standing, knocking on the door, the prayer meeting that they're trying to save him from, you know, get him delivered. And I thought to myself, God, even if I experience discouragement, even if I face rejection, even if it doesn't go the way I plan, I'm gonna keep praying. I'm gonna keep believing. I'm gonna keep pressing in. I'm gonna keep going after God. Do I have a church that's ready to go after God with me in this room today? To believe that he is who he says he is. Would you close your eyes for a moment if you're in the room and you've never given your life to Jesus? Maybe you're like my dad. Maybe today is the day of salvation. Maybe today is the seventh time and you're like, that's enough. I'm done. I'm ready. I'm ready to keep following God. I'm ready. I'm tired of running. Or maybe you're like many in this room, including me, that you once followed God and then you walked away, but then you had a spiritual awakening. Maybe today's that day. If that's you and you're in any of those categories, here's what I want you to do. I want you to raise your hand and make a decision to come back to Christ. If that's you with nobody looking around, I want you to raise your hand. One, two, three. Raise your hands. Let me see. One, two, three. Anybody else? Four, five, six. Anybody else that'll lift a hand? Yes, I see you in the back. Seven. Awesome. Eight, right there. Can you clap real quick, church, for those that are making a decision to follow Christ? Secondly, Every, um, if the prayer team could come forward because we're gonna invite those that are making decisions to pray with the prayer team. But second call is this. You felt something stirring on the inside of you during this message. Listen, I know that stirring. It's not indigestion. It's called the Holy Ghost. Don't walk out of this room without responding to him because these are the moments that you will mark down in your calendar these are the moments that everything goes an entirely different way. This is, these are the moments that the Holy Spirit speaks to you in such a profound way that everything changes. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes? If that's you and you're saying, I need to respond today to this message. I need to continue to associate and embrace the life of faith. If that's you, I just want you to lift both hands to heaven right now. Both hands to heaven. Wow. The Holy Spirit is doing something right now. Keep your hands up. Father, all across this room, I thank you. 
I thank you for the atmosphere of expectation. I thank you for faith right now. Lord, you said all we needed to move mountains was just a mustard seed type faith. So Father, I pray for an impartation now of your Holy Spirit. God, it would in, it would go in in seed form in every one of these people right now in Jesus' name and that their lives would never be the same, that they would never from this moment look back, God, but they would be like Jason was in that service and everyone else around them would benefit from from his breakthrough. Father, I bless them now in Jesus' name. And I say, today is the day of awakening. Today is the day that you've been waiting for. You've been sitting on the fence. You've been wondering what it's gonna take, but now your hands are lifted. And God says, I have been waiting for this moment too. So Father, I bless them and I thank you for this moment of surrender. I thank you for this moment of awakening and I thank you for this moment of salvation. Come on, give the Lord a hand. I hope this word encouraged you today. If you haven't heard, we recently purchased a building in Old Sacramento. This is gonna be the permanent home of Project Church. We are here to stay in Sacramento. But I wanted to ask you if you would consider giving, uh, donating to help make this vision come to fruition. You can go to www.projectchurch.com backslash believe to see more about the building and to donate. God bless you and let's see what God can do through us.